bulletin, pre-inquest rally calls to end indigenous deaths in custody. The Albanese government ramps up its campaign in support of an indigenous voice to parliament. And members of the Moroccan community in Australia express concerns for the safety of their Moroccan relatives after Friday's deadly earthquake. Family and friends of an indigenous man who died in police custody have gathered for a vigil outside a Queensland courthouse. 27-year-old man Stephen Lee Nixon Makila died shortly after having pressure applied to his neck by a senior constable in 2021. An inquest into Mr. Nixon Makila's death is currently being held in the Toowoomba courthouse. About 40 people have gathered outside the courthouse calling for urgent action to address indigenous deaths in custody. Since the Royal Commission into Aboriginal Deaths in Custody released its report in 1991, there have been more than 540 First Nations deaths in custody. The Albanese government is set to ramp up its campaign in support of an indigenous voice to parliament over the next few critical weeks. Environment Minister Tanya Plibersek told Channel 9 it would be vital for Yes campaigners to convince those who are still undecided about the proposal. She says it's an important and simple step led by Indigenous Australians to acknowledge at least 65,000 years of First Nations history. It's a way of saving money and getting better results. Uh, it, this idea came from Aboriginal people. Well over 80% of them support it. Uh, this is not a committee that has a veto over Parliament. It doesn't get to stop things happening. Uh, it doesn't run programs. It, it is a committee to give advice. It is really a lot less scary than some of the no campaign are making it out to be. In the meantime, Liberal Senator Matt Canavan is calling on the government to provide more detail ahead of the Indigenous Voice to Parliament referendum. The criticism comes as post-of-vote application for the referendum open today. Mr. Canavan says Australians not currently have the information required to be able to make an informed decision. If the SI side is serious here in the next uh, uh, five to six weeks, they actually need to uh, need to tell us what their plans really are. Uh, they've been hiding the details because they fear that the more of those details they give to the Australian people, uh, the stronger they'll be in saying no. Postal voting is one of the options for casting a ballot. It can also be done in person or using a phone, a phone voting system for the visually impaired. Postal vote applications for the Indigenous Voice to Parliament will open today. Governor-General David Harley will issue the legal document called a writ that will signal the start of early voting. The issuing of a writ also put in, puts in place a seven-day deadline for people to make sure they are on the electoral roll. Former First People's Assembly of Victoria co-chair and Yes campaigner Marcus Stewart says he feels encouraged by the conversations he has been having in the community. I'm not nervous because I have faith in the Australian people and every conversation we have out there, um, we're converting votes because people are understanding what this is. What we have here on the Sunday following a successful yes vote, the average Australian will wake up and it'll be business as usual. They'll go about their day, but for us, we move the dial. We actually have a mechanism to have government listen to what our people are saying. Why does it have to be in the Constitution? Because this has to be above politics. 
Postal voting is one of the options for casting a ballot, and the ballot can also be done in person or using a phone voting system for the visually impaired. And you can find comprehensive information about the referendum by visiting the SBS Voice Referendum portal at www.sbs.com.au slash voice referendum. Members of the Moroccan community living in Australia are expressing concern for the safety of their relatives as the death toll after Friday's earthquake continues to rise. Over 2,100 people are confirmed to have died, making it the deadliest earthquake in Morocco in more than six decades. Morocco has declared a three days of mourning and King Mohammed VI has called for prayers for the dead to be held at mosques across the country. Moroccan activist Nadia Bushti told SBS Arabic 24 she has been in constant contact with her relatives online and is deeply concerned for their safety. Since we are far away and don't know the extent of the damage caused by the earthquake, I cannot describe the feeling, especially at first, when we knew that the earthquake had occurred and didn't know the damage. As a result, we felt fear for our families with whom we communicated on the Internet. The Moroccan government has announced a special fund to manage the effects of the earthquake. The fund will pay for an emergency rehabilitation program, repairs to damaged homes and provide support to those without shelter and food. Prime Minister Antony Albanese has returned after attending the ASEAN, East Asia and G20 summits where he released the, the Southeast Asia Economic Strategy to 2040. The economic strategy makes 75 recommendations that aim to boost trade and investment between Australia and Southeast Asia. Minister for Communications Michelle Rowland says the government's school student broadband initiative is supporting thousands of disadvantaged families. The initiative gives families with school-aged children one year of free access to the national broadband network. 3,000 families have already been connected to the network and 20,000 eligible families have been issued with vouchers to be connected. Members of the coalition continue to question the government's decision to deny Qatar Airways' request for additional flights into Australia. Transport Minister Catherine King has faced scrutiny over the decision which saw a rejection of a bid by Qatar Airways to double the 28 weekly services it currently offers. Queensland One Nation Senator Malcolm Roberts says the opposition will continue to demand answers in Parliament this week as Prime Minister Antony Albanese arrives back in Canberra following Indo-Pacific summits in Indonesia. The opposition will be continuing to press the Transport and Infrastructure Minister Catherine King and the Prime Minister as to why the application for additional flights to and from Australia by Qatar Airways was rejected why this government has stood in the way of additional competition in the aviation sector at a time when airfares are some 50% higher than they were prior to the pandemic. Victoria's wage regulator has filed 2,425 criminal charges against one of Australia's biggest catalogue distributors for allegedly breaching child labour laws. 
where Inspectorate Victoria has filed the charges against IV distribution, accusing them of allegedly hiring more than 400 children under the age of 15 last year to deliver catalogues and flyers despite not having the appropriate permits. In Victoria, if an employer holds a child in holds a child employment permit or license, it's legal for children 11 years old and up to deliver newspapers and advertising content. The matter is expected to be heard in Melbourne's Magistrates Court on the 2nd of October. And to sport, Novak Djokovic has won his 24th Grand Slam singles title, beating Russia's Daniel Medvedev in the final of the US Open. The victory at Flushing Meadows puts Djokovic on a level with Australian female tennis star Margaret Court, who holds the all-time majors record. The clash with Medvedev was a rematch of the 2021 final, which Medvedev won in straight sets for his lone Grand Slam title. Djokovic has now won two more Grand Slam singles titles than any other men's player in history. He says the win has exceeded even his most ambitious childhood dreams. I had the childhood dream when I was seven, eight. I wanted to become the best player in the world and win Wimbledon trophy. That was that was the only thing I only thing I wanted. Um, but then when when I when I realized that you know obviously I started to dream new dreams and set new objectives, new goals. Uh, I never imagined that I would be here sitting, standing with you, talking about. 24 slams. I ne- never thought that that's, that that would be the reality. But uh, you know, uh, the last couple of years, I felt I have a chance. And now, having a look at the weather around the country: Broome, sunny, 37; Perth, cloud cloud clearing, 24; Adelaide, sunny, 22; Melbourne, partly cloudy, 17; Hobart, cloudy, 14; Albury, Wodonga, sunny, 17; Canberra, partly cloudy, 18; Wollongong, sunny, 19; Sydney, partly cloudy, 20; Newcastle, partly cloudy, 21; Brisbane, similar conditions, 23; Townsville, partly cloudy, 27; Cairns, mostly sunny, 28; Alice Springs, sunny, 25; Darwin, sunny as well, 36 degrees, and the Torres Strait Islands are mostly cloudy there ahead and the top of 29 degrees. And that is NITV Radio News.